what I found is that if you focus on giving into relationships, maybe the word giving is appropriate. It's giving first into relationships and being genuine and authentic about it. My experience has been that it comes back to you in a magnified fashion. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Action Academy podcast. I'm your host as always, Brian Lubin, bringing you the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who have earned their freedom so you can get freedom in your life and business today. So for this Thursday's episode, we're going to get very, very granular into the multifamily space with Miss Ashley Wilson, uh, who is Jay Scott's partner on Bar Down Investments. They own a thousand multifamily units together. But today, while we're going to focus on the business Thursday, today I really want to focus on a skill that I think is very, very fundamental and important and something that is not articulated enough, which is communication, building authentic, deeply rooted relationships at an accelerated rate, and the power of being likable. So today's guest is the perfect embodiment of all three of these qualities, Mr. Christopher Ryan. Chris Ryan formerly ran the organization Tiger 21, which is for individuals with net worth of $10 million and more, the average net worth being $100 million. So yeah, they played at a big level. And now he is the current CEO of GoBundance, which is the mastermind group that I talk about constantly and have half, half the people on the show. <laughs> and since Chris has come into the organization, it's been insane to watch how he has been able to grow and scale this organization in the right directions with just an increase in quality, authenticity, valuable connection and communication between all the members. And it's it's hard enough to figure out how to do that yourself, but how to apply that to an organization at scale is even more difficult. So that's what he's been doing for decades now. And that's the skill set and the valuable advice and tips that he brings in today's episode. So stick around and pay attention for that and then wait till the end of the episode for him to talk about his personal friendship with Richard Branson, you know, the billionaire founder of Virgin Airlines, Virgin Records, that guy, that Richard Branson. Yeah, Chris plays tennis with the guy. So he's got one of the most extensive and extended networks that I've ever seen. And he makes every single person in the room, whether you're a billionaire or you're the person that's running security and holding the door at the conference. He makes every single person feel seen, valued, and heard. And he gives very good advice about how to apply this into your life and business in your team today. So as we go into the show, as always, you can go in the show description and you can see a link to find more information about GoBundance. Also, like I said in the Monday episode, we are launching a text newsletter. This is going to be one to two texts per week, not too intrusive, and it's going to be highlights, book recommendations, quotes that stand out that are game changers that I'm going to send and text out. If you want to be a part of this text newsletter, you can text the word ACTION to 423-592-8486. That's 423-592-8486. 
So with that, shoot us a text, leave us a rating and a review. Buckle up, Chris Ryan. The ever-elusive Christopher Ryan. How are you, my friend? Hey, brother. It's good to see you, Brian. As always, it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm very excited to have you on. Chris, before we get into today's show, I'm curious to know, and this is a question that I'm going to lead with, especially in the beginning of this year. What is one goal for 2022 that is so wildly ambitious for you that even in your world, it scares the absolute hell out of you? So that's that's a tall question, only in so much as there are probably about a dozen goals. I read the Harvard case study on BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals, maybe 20, 25 years ago, and it stuck with me. And as you well know, Brian, if your goals aren't scaring you, they're not big enough. So I have uh, financial goals. Uh, one of my goals this year is to uh, build a property in Canada with my lovely girlfriend. So that's a little intimidating, to be perfectly honest. That's the, the first vacation home that I've built, first, first vacation home I've built with her. So uh, that's that's a little bit much. I also have a lot of goals as it relates to personal growth. I got a few years on you. I'm 54 years old, but I have goals as it re- relates to the books that I read. Mm-hmm. I have goals as it relates to the exercise and the physicality. I want to uh, drop some pounds. I want to uh, pick up some muscle. I want to get back into uh, smacking a tennis ball, which I, I did as a youth. And so it's, as with all of us, we want to pour into different forms of capital, if you will, in our lives to benefit ourselves. Um, one, of my, one of my good friends, Michael Cole, wrote a book uh, called More Than Money. And he talks about the six forms of capital. And they are financial intellectual, social, human, emotional, and spiritual. And I align my goals for 2022 and every year based around those big buckets. Love it. And then that kind of coincides with the pillars of abundance as well. Absolutely does. Yeah. Which you are now the uh, CEO and the head chairman taking this thing to the next level. And then that's going to be an area that I want to touch base on and that we can go into your origin story about how you Uh, got linked up with David through Tiger and how you came on here. But I want to begin with one thought and I want to let you run with it to where I feel like you share the opinion with me that time is one of the most valuable assets in your life. But for me, I feel relationships are a step above time because that is why I want my time is to be able to pursue relationships and do what I want when I went with who I want. And there's no one better that I've seen personally at creating authentic, deep, rooted relationships, especially in a shortened period of time than you. I'd really like to just let you loose on this topic and see how you feel about relationships and then just see where this goes. So thank you. Those are kind words and I appreciate it. The two ultimate currencies of life are relationships and health. And especially uh, as we're young, it's easy to ignore the health piece. But relationships throughout life, I think, are not only super important and super valuable, but they create a tapestry of life that is, at least for me, more fulfilling, more satiating, more satisfying more significant. When we all leave this earth, we're not taking a New York nickel with us. In the context of my life, the reason that relationships are so important is because I believe that there's an entire 
ecosystem around the giving and the receiving and the relating to to people. It's your question is timely in so much as I'm in the beginning stages of writing a white paper on the power of likability. Because as a young boy, I wasn't that liked. Uh, I wasn't that popular. I wasn't I wasn't one of the cool kids, so to speak. I was the book nerd, tennis player, churchgoer. And what I found is that if you focus on giving into relationships in in Maybe the word giving is appropriate. It's giving first into relationships and being genuine and authentic about it. My experience has been that it comes back to you in a magnified fashion. So I have not only found that there is tremendous value in building relationships, I also find that there's tremendous joy and happiness alongside it. I find that all of the business activities that I'm doing right now are driven off of relationships. All of the, obviously the social activities are driven off of relationships. And of all the things I've done in my life, both professionally and personally, I think the relationships that I have, the relationships that I cherish are probably uh, the most important and the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done. I would agree with that. And there's an analogy that somebody, I can't put my finger on who mentioned it to me, but they said, do you think to anyone that thinks that money is the answer? They said, imagine if you're flying first class in your own private jet around the world and you're going to Dubai, you're going all across the world, but you don't have any friends, family, or anyone associates to share that trip with. And you're just by yourself. They're like, what's the point? What's the point of all of it? If you're staying in the nicest hotel, you're staying, you're flying the nicest private jet. If you don't have the relationships behind you, there's no point to any of it. And then that's one of the catalysts of the show is being able to give people the tools and the knowledge and the options almost buffet style to pick and choose which vertical that they want to pursue to be able to allow themselves to be unburdened from the stresses of everyday life, quote unquote when money is still very important and money is still a thing. You said something there about writing the white paper on what was it? The power of likability. I find the more natural you are at something, the more difficult it is to articulate. And it sounds like this is something that you crafted because it wasn't something that came naturally to you from what you're saying as a child. And I can relate to that as well, but I can't necessarily articulate what I do to form relationships besides give value. Can you hit a little bit deeper on that and maybe some concepts that you're thinking of for this white paper? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, Brian. So number of different responses to that. The first one is I'm writing, I'm writing the piece on the power of likability because I think people miss it. I think professionals miss it. I think parents miss it. So think about you as a child or think about your kids. As a parent, I have a 20-year-old daughter. As a parent, I want to make sure my kid is likable. And here's why. Because I'm not always going to be there for her. Matter of fact, I'm I'm really not. She's in Nashville, Tennessee, going to college right now. But Mm -hmm. I want for doors to open for her across all dimensions of life. I want doors to open for her socially. I want doors to open for her academically. I want doors to open for her uh, professionally. She's a musician. And by being likable, 
it serves as almost like lubrication to make those relationships easier. Just like being likable ourselves gives us more optionality and choice. It's interesting. There was a tipping point in my life, truly, that I don't really talk about much, but I'll bring it up here. When I was a a kid, I had parents that were very perfectionistic around excellence in three dimensions. I mentioned it was, I was academically very driven. I was destined to be a world-class tennis player. Athletics was something that was super important. And then I literally went to church usually about five times a week. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And so those three disciplines, which had a ton of gifts and a a few challenges with them, of those three disciplines made me very driven academically in sports and in a religion, but it it didn't teach me social skills. Mm. It didn't teach me relational skills. It didn't teach me how to interact with folks. And so I was a, I was an academic nerd. I was a pretty reclusive tennis player. didn't go to the parties. So fast forward to college and I was accepted into the university of Texas at Austin and expected to get a full ride tennis scholarship uh, and to play on the UT tennis team. And I was in the mid eighties moving from a boy's military school down to the University of Texas, Austin, which Playboy magazine that year happened to vote the number one party school in the nation. They're not making this up. So I'm sitting here going, wow, my doors are going to open up. Good news, bad news. The uh, bad news is I lost in three sets to the guy, my buddy, James Boy, who walked onto the UT tennis team, didn't get a dime worth of scholarship. And I realized that I had a white slate to reinvent myself and define myself in college on my own terms, as opposed to the labels that were put on me by everybody else, starting with my parents. And so I made a decision consciously that I was going to focus on what would it mean to be liked? What would it mean to be popular? What would it mean to be accepted? Because we all crave that in this college environment that was pretty anathema to me. I think I'm not making this up. I think by the time I hit college, I had been on probably less than 10 dates in my life. And as a very bright eyed, bushy tailed 17 year old, when I started uh, school at UT, I chose to redefine my life. And it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made because what it's done is it's changed the trajectory of everything that happened after that. And I attribute the vast majority of my success to three things, likability, relationships, work ethic, which I was definitely given from my parents and a unbelievable and unquenchable drive to help others. And in doing so, help myself. Mm. I feel, and that's, that. thank you for sharing that story because that's something that I connect with as well because I, I started very intellectually. So I started as like just the book nerd reading and then got to athletics to be able to fit in, quote unquote, when I moved after my parents divorced. And then that was my reinvention. And then I went to college and then college is the exact same. So we have the exact same character arc here because in college is where I went and I just really blossomed and became the social animal that I am now because now it's my entire life is building relationships, building authentic relationships. 
And I feel the best resource. I'm very excited to read what you come up with. Very excited. I'm excited to write it. I haven't done it yet, but yeah, I get you. I'm going to keep keep pumping it up. I feel the best resource currently is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. When I read that story, the focus shifted, and this is post-grad college. The focus shifted from being the most interesting person in the room and having your attention and your focus on being interesting and being presentable and making people like you because of the cool things that you do and the cool things about you to taking that and turning it on its head and now becoming the person that asks, how could I provide the most value to these people next to me? How can I provide the most value? How can I ask the best questions to be able to learn about someone else? And I feel like you're a master of this. Can you hit on this a bit? It's part of it is learned. Part of it is innate. So I have no different than you, Brian, because I've, I've spent enough time with you to, to pick this up. I have an insatiable curiosity and love of people. But as and your point is spot on. It's not, we're not here to be interesting. Bragging about ourselves does nothing. We're here to be interested in others. And I believe that everybody has a kernel or a, a comment or a, a statement that can be valuable to us if we just take the time and have the patience to sit and listen to others. I This is the first, I'm in Las Vegas, as I shared with you, I attended the event CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. And it was a weird time because we're in this, this COVID world. But the net of it is I came here knowing nobody. I've left with probably a half dozen genuine new friends. I've accomplished every business goal I wanted, and then probably some. And I feel energized, fulfilled, satiated in the context of not just the work that I've done here, but also in terms of excited about these new friendships and relationships that I have, where the value that we will exchange isn't one plus one equals two. It's more like one plus one equals 10. Because Mm. if you can connect and if you can relate and if you can build trust and respect and likability, you can accelerate business opportunities. You can accelerate personal opportunities, social opportunities, whatever the case may be, because you, you come from a common language, a common understanding and a common trust that you can work upon. That to me is that's that doesn't speak just to success in terms of accomplishment in life. That speaks to creating significance in the lives and in the professions and in the work of others and myself. That, that is what totally jazzes me up and turns me on. Thank you for sharing that. I really love that quote that you said, the one plus one equals 10, because in the nature of relationships, that rings true more and more because I always tell people that you're only one relationship or interaction away from completely changing the trajectory of your life. So you need to stop maybe necessarily looking for the YouTube video or the formula for how to do X, Y, Z, how to increase the profitability of your house flip by 20%. I think people, and this is one of the focuses of the podcast is I think people need to stop necessarily looking for the fine print, more so focus on who do I need to become and who do I need to get in touch with that can help me with this? And I feel like the who is more important than the how. And then that's a recurring theme. 
as you say all of this, it's impressive in and of itself in your own right as an individual to be able to have these skills and to be able to have this environment that you craft. It's more impressive to be able to take this, apply it to an organization and have this be the one of the defining characteristics. And I know that you are a mastermind leader through and through. This has been something that you've been doing for a long time. And I know it started with Tiger and it transitioned into GoBundance. And as we grow, I know a huge focus of yours is making sure that the relationships and the quality stay the same as we grow in numbers. So I think this is a perfect segue to talk about your beginnings with Tiger and then how it transitioned into GoBundance and talk about your philosophies and your ideas behind mastermind groups, maybe to somebody listening that hears the word mastermind group and has a negative connotation behind it. So let me clarify a few of the things that you said. Over the course of the last 20 years, I have run multiple organizations, Tiger 21 being one of them in Texas. And I've been labeled a facilitator. I've been labeled a a masterminder, all of those things. But here's when you boil it all down, here's what it comes down to. I am a relational person that tries just like you to add value to others. And I am open to changing models to create more value for whatever the audience or the community or the tribe is that I'm engaged with. And let me give you some context to that. About 11 years ago, through a relationship, I was approached to run Tiger 21 first in Dallas, Texas. And the gentleman who had run Tiger Tournament prior to me asked me to sit down and, and meet him for breakfast. And, and we were good friends. We still are good friends. And he wanted to retire, wanted me to inherit the organization and thought I would do a great job. I, for almost a year, said no to him. And it, it took him a while to convince me to, to, to do otherwise. Once I joined Tiger 21 in full transparency, I thought I was going to be an ultimate failure. And the reason I thought that is because these guys talked 90% of the time about their finances. They were all infinitely more successful in their finances, in their business than I was. The average net wealth of the room is roughly about $100 million. uh, Can you hit a little bit on the context behind that too, for somebody that's listening that maybe doesn't know what Tiger 21 is? So Tiger Forbes calls Tiger 21 the most influential social networking group in the world. It is a consortium of ultra high net wealth individuals. Average net wealth is about $100 million, as I mentioned. And they have a a model where in cities across the United States, they have professional chairs, which is what I was entitled with. They run these groups and the groups are usually about 15 folks uh, in the room. And we, for 11 days, roughly once a month out of the year, bring in speakers, mastermind, talk about primarily finances in the room. And the idea here is for those that are still in wealth building mode, they can continue to develop their wealth. For those that are looking for investment opportunities, we present that. If you're looking, if you're the, for some of the older folks, it was more about protecting their wealth strategies around that. But it was very much financially focused when I rolled in back in, in 2013. I realized that if I played ball and did what everybody else had done, and at that point in time, there were about 230, 240 members across the country. There were 17 folks in uh, Dallas, and the conversations were very financially driven. Totally get it. However, 
my experience with people at all levels of accomplishment is that the most important things to them are typically not finances. And especially at this ultra high net wealth level, yeah, they were all they were all really successful. But but were they significant? And I think a lot of us, regardless of age, regardless of our financial accomplishments, struggle around our journey for significance. Because respectfully, regardless of how much, regardless of how big your wallet is, if you don't, if you don't have someone who loves you, if you don't love somebody else, if your relationships, if your health is suffering, if your Ebenezer Scrooge and, and you're holding on to every single uh, penny, nickel, diamond, quarter, it's not really much of a life. Mm. And so I realized that if I went down the path that my peers had gone in terms of focusing just on the financial, I'd be doing, I'd fail. I'd, I'd probably get fired. I'd, and I'd be doing both my members and myself a disservice because there's a lot more to life than bank accounts, as you, especially once you hit a level of what I'll call economic, once you exceed economic gravity. And what I mean by that is all of us live like kings and queens. We leave, we live better than 99.999, bring them out a few decimal points percent of this world has ever lived. You look at the difference between you and I and someone like a Warren Buffett. And and Warren has said, this isn't, I'm just paraphrasing what he said. We eat the same food, we wear the same clothes, we live more or less in the same housing. Now he may travel better than us because he has private jets, what whatnot. But generally speaking, we're all pretty equal. Mm -hmm. So we've got the basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs covered. Now what? Now what, especially for these Tiger guys, was focused around strengthening and building their relationships, improving their health, reconnecting with estranged children. Those are the things you, you think about what keeps you up in the middle of the night. Rarely is it finances. Oftentimes, it's relationships, it's community, it's challenges that befall us that have nothing to do with dollars and cents, but everything to do with how we relate, how we're perceived, how we engage, how we connect to others. And so I pivoted the Tiger 21 model into that space, and and I found my calling, truly found my calling. And in the course of eight years, I was chair of the year multiple times, member experience chair of the year multiple times, most growth chair of the year multiple times, and, and it hit. And so I built the Dallas chapter from 17 when I came there to almost 50, launched the Austin chapter, built that to 15, 16, launched the Puerto Rico chapter, helped launch the Hong Kong chapter. And right before COVID, I was looking at a number of opportunities up to including Kuala Lumpur to continue to grow that model. And so what I have found with Tiger 21, absolutely what I have found with GoBundance. I also run another organization called R360, which is a global family office. What I find with all of these groups is everybody is on a journey for significance that if you can really focus on that, and if you can authentically create trust and relationships where people will share with you about, that's where you can really move the needle in their lives. 
And that's what truly is my calling in this world is to help people move the needle of their lives in significance. And everything I've been doing since college is since college has really prepared me to play into that space and to make a difference in the lives of these people in these communities that I'm lucky enough to touch. Beautifully shared. I'm trying to think, I love that so much. The question that gets brought up is as an organization grows, how does the quality remain? David had a good point. So David is one of the founders of GoBundance that we're referring to for people listening. And I spoke with him and he said, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so I agree with that. And so now I'm with, I'm working with Chris to help grow GoBundance because that's one of our missions. And I, I believe that the more voices and opinions that you're able to hear, then the more value is brought for everyone. I'm curious to know, what are some levers from your experience? Because I'm sure you've had experience with people that have come in that you're like, okay, maybe this is not a fit. I'm curious to know some levers that you pull as a facilitator of relationships in a, especially a high net worth, high value mastermind environment to be able to quality control, maintain the quality of the relationships and to make sure that everyone is course corrected on your mission to be able to mirror your ideas and be able to lead value first. Does that make sense? Totally. And it's a really good question. So first of all, you opened this conversation and mentioned I was the CEO of GoBundance. That's true. More importantly, at least in, in my book, more importantly, I'm a steward of GoBundance. So what am I stewarding? So I am stewarding, I'm stewarding a culture. I am stewarding a community. I am stewarding a set of characteristics and values and morals and ethics that create the culture and that create the ethos of this thing we call GoBundance. You know, nothing succeeds like success. And so, as you well know, I came on board GoBundance in July of 2020, and it's now January 8th, 2021. In the course of the last 18, 19 months, we've had some pretty significant growth, quantitatively speaking. And that's good. But the growth has not been because we've been driving and focusing exclusively on the growth. Actually, that would be a bad call because I have seen organizations that have simply focused on growing the ranks, growing the numbers, growing the size that easily implode. And they implode because they lower the bar on quality across the board, quality in terms of the programming, quality in terms of the experience, quality in terms of the members that we bring in, and then they implode. And we all know a thousand stories of the flashes in the pan, the big rise, the big fall. Mm-hmm. That ain't this. Rather, I believe that we have grown because we have focused on quality. And it's kind of like the Kevin Cosner Field of Dreams movie, If You Build It, <laughs> yep. They Will Come. And I, I sound like a broken record talking about the importance of the membership, but it's what I believe. Mm-hmm. 
the most important thing that we have in GoBundance are our members. And the alignment that we need with this community, with this tribe, is the culture and the ethos that I mentioned earlier. That's what that's the beacon. That's the bell that we ring every time we bring someone new into this organization. The 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 challenge and the threshold is not do they meet the financial accomplishment. You and I know very wealthy people that that we wouldn't want to have a coffee with. We wouldn't sit around and want to break bread with. We wouldn't Absolutely. want to go on vacation with because they don't fit the culture. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There, I have some uh, acquaintances that are incredibly successful. They're super, super accomplished. I wouldn't offer up abundance to them for all the money in the world, not because we're elite and are better than them, but we're just not a fit. It's not a culture fit. Yeah, exactly. You know what? So what do we align on? We align on the fact that everyone in this organization is relational, not transactional. Everyone in this organization is insatiably curious. We are kind. We are giving. We are willing to help the person to the left and to the right of us. And we all celebrate our collective successes together. Peter Diamantis wrote two books. He wrote a book called Abundance. He wrote a book called Bold. Both of them are outstanding reads. And I actually tried to get Peter Diamantis uh, to join me on a, a trip that I took with Tiger 21 to a place called Necker Island. He wasn't able to make it. He had a conflict uh, that came up, but we were able to read his books beforehand. And I believe that we all come from a place of abundance. I believe that we can help each other and the water level rises for all of us. I'm convinced that this world and this universe is fair in the ability that we have to give to others and then have it come around and back to ourselves. And so the, the community that we've created in GoBundance embraces all of that as a cultural norm. And you think about the people that you know, and there are certain folks like that will stand out to each and every one of you. Those are the people that will achieve more accomplish more, do more because they're willing to give more. We have a philanthropic side to GoBundance called GoBundance Gives, where we recognize and we pour into charities that typically support folks that are less fortunate than us. I'm a firm believer that when you give philanthropically, the real gift is not to the charity, it's to yourself. And I find that the culture of GoBundance in their giving to these charities is reflected in the culture of GoBundance in their giving to each other, in their giving to their families, in their giving to their business partners and their employees and the different communities they serve. And in all of that, we not only become better people, we become better givers, but we also become more fulfilled. And what's interesting is I look at the families of GoBundance because GoBundance very much embraces not only the member, they mm-hmm. embrace the spouse. They embrace the kids. What a gift to a, a father or a mother to teach their children about giving young. Because that mindset, that willingness to be selfless, that value of help others, not only, as I mentioned earlier, do I believe that comes back in spades to benefit you? But it also speaks, as I, as I tie a few things I've said in earlier, into this whole ethos of likability and of charity and of giving that makes not only the world a better place, 
but I believe it makes us better people. And as it relates to GoBundance, it makes us a tribe that I believe everybody can be proud of being in. And I can echo that to the ages because what's cool is the ideas of the uber rich, uber wealthy, especially in today's media, are so skewed to the negative. And every single movie, if I, I think back to an animal house where it's you have the scrappy kids that are in the fun house and then you've got the uppity kids that are in the country club house. And it's just a protagonist versus antagonist. And that seems to be the recurring theme, especially in today's climate of the wealthy. And while you and neither you or I or are saying that those individuals do not exist, they do. But my experience with GoBundance, to your point, is you enter a room where I was the same as you. I feel wildly underqualified to be in the room. And... I come, I come in with the question, how can I best provide value to each and every interaction to where that person leaves feeling happy that they had the interaction? They feel better for had, having an interaction with me. How do they feel better about themselves and just feel better about their day in general? Like even if it's, hey, that guy was just a lot of energy, super positive, just hype me up. My experience is going into those rooms, even feeling like that, every single person, the first thought in the first articulation out of their mouth isn't, hey, here's me. Here's what I do. Chest banging. It's, hey, man, what do you do? Okay. Like, how can I help you? Oh my God. That's so crazy that you had that problem. I I know a guy that had that problem before. Let me make an introduction so he can help you with that. And then you're instantly, your problem is solved. And that's the entire organization. That's everyone in the group. And it's just all salt of the earth guys that made it and they were scrappy, and they're just good people. And that's where I think the benefit is. And it's it's been so cool to watch as we grow to keep that same kind of quality. And that's what I would, that's the advice that I would give to anybody that's thinking about maybe a mastermind group, or they've been lone wolfing this the entire time. It's it's also like the level of conversations that you're having, like the conversations change once you get to a certain level. And you're almost unable to have it with your normal friend group. So Chris, I want to let you loose there. Speak to the person that's listening to now that maybe it has financial success, but they've been lone wolfing it and they have a visceral reaction whenever they hear the term mastermind group in general. And they're like, I don't think I would ever pay for something. I don't want to pay for my friends. I don't want to pay to be in this. And just in general. Speak to that person about the power of mastermind and compound effect in general. Yeah, I may be one of those guys because I've never really responded well to the idea of masterminds. I think that word is <laughs> overused and abused and hackneyed. I'm probably not the guy to speak to that, but let me give it a shot. <laughs> let's let's change the phrase. Yeah. So here's the good news and, and, and maybe here's the bad news, right? The bad news is that there are literally tens of thousands of different organizations that all play in this mastermind space. And, and yeah, okay. So Go Abundance is a mastermind group. Heck, depending upon how you define it, Tiger 21 is and uh, YPO, which is a great organization, Vistage. You could even say R360, the, the global family office is a mastermind group in the sense that we come together to learn, we come together to grow, 
and we come together to better each other. So another word for that, that GoBundance used, which I think is, is quite appropriate, is tribe, right? Maybe community, or I've used the term family many times. So think of it, let's change the vernacular for a second. Let's think of it in terms of a tribe. So what are the expectations of a tribe? In my book, tribes support one another. Tribes have a common set of values. Tribes protect each other. Tribes celebrate in the growth and the successes of each other. And tribes thrive. So that's what we do in GoBundance. Now, tribes in my book also have a family component, both in terms of, of growing the tribe, but also in terms of within the tribe. And what, where I think we differ from a lot of other mastermind groups is when someone joins GoBundance, they join this tribe, but it's not just them. As I mentioned earlier, their wives and husbands are invited to participate in this community. Their children are invited to participate in this community. And yeah, for sure, if someone comes to GoBundance and they want to look at investment opportunities, if they want to improve their acumen around not only investing, but estate planning, all the different services that the high net wealth folks want. Do we deliver on that? Sure, we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll make you a better professional. We'll make you a better investor. But we'll also, I think, I hope, make you a better husband. Make you, make you a better father. Make you a better son. Make you a better brother. Give you skills that will improve the quality of the relationships that matter most to you. We'll, we'll also make you a, a better employer because in addition to all of the conversations around the different forms of capital that we talked about, we also focus on what do we do to celebrate the successes and the significance that we have outside of work. I'll tell you that the best title that I have in my life is that a dad. And no different than everyone in GoBundance. We don't work for work's sake. We work for life's sake. And candidly, there's a, there's a quote that a guy named Todd Wagner gave me 20 years ago. And he said, no man can ever exceed the opinion of their children. Mm. And, and that hit me like a stack of bricks to the forehead, man. And I'm divorced. My daughter's 20. And I struggled. I struggled deeply in my relationship with my daughter for many years for all the, all the reasons that divorced parents and, and children of divorces struggle in their relationship with their parents. And I'll tell you, in the course of the last two or three, three or four years, my, my daughter Bishop has come around. And my relationship with her is outstanding. I couldn't be more happy with it. And what's interesting is I find, especially with these type A, uh, high-charging, testosterone-laden, heat-seeking missiles of men called GoBundance, we all share some of the same Accurate. challenges, man. None of us are special. None of us, Brian. Not mm -hmm. you, not me. We have about 600 615, 620 members of, of the GoBundance Males organization. And we have about 104, 105 members in the GoBundance Women's organization. We're all struggling, right? Life is not easy. 
if as you as we talked about before jumping on air if our aspirations and our dreams aren't scaring us they're not big enough so we push the envelope it's what we do it's how we're built it's how we're organized it is innate within all of us accepting that is realizing that we will create challenges opportunities growth that at times can be painful and what i hope and what I pray that GoBundance can do is as a community, as a tribe, as a family, we can come together and make that journey easier, maybe accelerate that journey a little bit, maybe help all of us avoid some landmines that we are destined to run right over, if not but for to comment that you made earlier, fellow GoBundance brother going, hey, man, uh-uh, I've done that. That's not what you want to do. You want to go left, brother. You're about to go head first into a wall. Go left. You can dodge it and you'll continue with your momentum going forward. The gift of abundance is we have folks literally all ages. I was on the phone yesterday with one of the younger members of GoBundance who's brilliantly intelligent. And he's 22 years old, right? Young kid. So respectfully, I got tennis shoes older than this guy. And I spent about 45 minutes with him on the phone and I got no, no exaggeration. I got probably three or four great nuggets of value from me just listening and being fully present in the context of my conversation with him. He had some totally fair criticisms of what I'm doing right now. And he's right. And I'm like, huh, didn't see that one. Holy cow. You're totally true. Shit, didn't think about that. And the gift of this organization is if it's someone like Will Brown, or if it's one of our 65 and 70-year-old members, all of us can learn from each other. And I'm right along, I'm right along with you, brother, on that. Totally. And so I see this as absolutely something that I am privileged, honored lucky and blessed to do. And I am committed to making this organization truly uh, great in honoring everything that we've done over the course of the last, what would be 16, 17 years. Yes. Beautifully said. It's like I said, like abundance is a perfect mixture. It's like some people are just salt of the earth. They're like, Hey, listen, like I'm no smarter than the other person, but I just figured it out through grit and just sweat equity. And I just made it happen. And I learned things through through action and through my life and my experience. And the reason that I specifically have asked the questions that I've asked is because I spend a lot of my time talking to people about organizations, tribes, to your vernacular, which I agree with. I'm even going to leave that in the entire interview. I'm going to leave the mastermind in because I love the metamorphosis that we went through from mastermind to tribe because it's so true. And you have recurring things that are brought up, you know, and when people are asking someone that's not familiar with the ideas of all of this, they ask about the same three to five questions. So those are basically the questions that we've addressed today. And I wanted to be intentional about that. So as we finish up here, because I want to be conscious of your time, just as a bonus excerpt, I I was just curious because you mentioned Necker Island and your relationship with Richard. I'm just curious about how that materialized because that's just such an interesting relationship with you and Richard Branson. <laughs> and it's just yeah, something that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a pretty story. If I'm, if I'm being okay, really now, honest. I'm 100 percent. in. if someone's listening at this point, they've earned <laughs> the story. 
It ain't pretty. So in 2014, I had just taken on the, the role of Tiger 21 chair for Dallas, Texas. As I mentioned to you, I had about 17 guys. And I'm a firm believer in taking the best practices across multiple organizations. Huge fan of YPO, Young President's Organization. Huge fan of Vistage. Uh, huge fan of uh, Entrepreneur's Organization, EO, which was then the feeder fund into the, the feeder group into YPO. YPO was a feeder group into WPO. And one of the things that YPO does is they do a forum retreat where every year, everyone in their forum, everyone in their group, everyone in their chapter uh, goes on a particular trip. And I always thought that was brilliant because it's one thing to sit in a room around a table and have a board meeting for a day. Done that thousands of times. It's another thing to break bread with somebody. It's another thing to have your wife talk to their wife. It just, it creates a whole different complexity to the tapestry of the relationship. And so I wanted to do something really freaking cool. And so uh, in typical Chris Ryan fashion, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I don't need to. I'll ask the room. So I asked the room and two of my very good friends, brothers, Matt and Ben Patton said, why don't we go to Necker Island? And I'm like, huh, Necker Island, what's that? Sure enough, that's uh, the home of uh, Sir Richard Branson. He bought it many moons ago. And he will, on occasion, host and entertain different groups of folks where he's actually there. And so I'm like, okay, let's take a look at this. I was able to get in contact with Virgin Unite, which is the foundation arm that runs the island and runs the bookings of it. And they're like, yep, happy. You need to sign a contract. And there is a 600, this is true story, man. There's a $650,000 PG that you need to sign off on in order to come to Necker Island. And I'm like, no, that'll never happen. And so I'm like, okay, let me run this by Tiger 21. I'm, I'm sure Tiger 21 will do this. <laughs> yeah. I, call, I call Tiger 21 and it was no way in hell. <laughs> no way in hell are we signing anything. You got to do this yourself and you'll never be able to do it. And I'm like, what do you mean I'll never be able to do it, right? I'm the same type A heat-seeking missile that I talked about earlier with the GoBundance guys. And I'm like, if I can get this done, and if I can get the PG taken care of, can I do this trip? And their response was, you'll never be able to do it. That'll never happen. Sure, you could do it. Throw them a bone, right? Yeah. Ashes, hopes, throw them a bone. So, so I went back to my Tiger 31 group. I'm like, okay, here's the situation. They want me to sign a PG of 650000 which means I'll pretty much have to put a second mortgage on my home if things don't go well. And the Tiger 21 guys, being the really smart guys, they're like, forget that noise. What happens if we all prepay? I go, that's a great idea. And it's pricey, right? Each room runs about uh, $55,000. And so I got, I got about 17, 16, 17 of the folks to commit to me that they would prepay. So then I go back, I go back to Virgin Unite and I'm like, okay, uh, I don't need a PG. And they're like, yeah, you do. I go, nah, I don't. I'm going to pay the whole thing up front. They're like, no one's ever done that. I go, yeah, yeah, I got that, got that, but let's try it. So they made an exception for me. We got the whole thing taken care of. And then I get on the island and Richard Branson is like the, the patron saint of entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm with all these entrepreneurs, all these super successful guys, but they pale in comparison to Richard Branson. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a mythos and, a, and almost a, a superhero element to him. And he is an insane competitor. And he is an insanely competitive tennis player. And I was up to playing college ball back in the day. Definitely haven't kept up with it to that level, but still playing. I'm still pretty competitive. And so the first time I really got a chance 
to to spend time with him was in the uh, Necker Island tennis tournament that he put on for all of the folks that attended this event back in in 20 it was 2015 that we did this trip so I get on a tennis court with uh, Richard Branson and I go up to him and he doesn't know me from Adam and I go how do you want to do this he's like what are you talking about I go do you want me to play you socially or do you want me to play you with respect he's like, he's like what's that in his <laughs> and I'm trying to do this on the down low and he is way too loud and I go look if I play you socially it doesn't matter who wins you win I win who cares he goes okay what's respect I go I play you with respect no quarter is given and may the best man win and Richard goes play me with respect Okay. And so we go out and and I honored his request and I beat him 6-0-6-1. And he miraculously won his serve in the second set because I didn't want to get voted off the island. And what's interesting, Brian, and to his credit, the more I beat him, the more excited he got to play with me and the more engaged he was. And so our friendship literally emerged off of me playing tennis with him and kicking his ass. And it has been, it's hilarious because I was just on Island with him last year, back in July. And he's Chris, this year we're playing doubles together. You're my doubles partner. (laughs) We played doubles together and he was much, much happier playing doubles with me than he was playing singles with me. And so that's the friendship. And he, and he's truly a genuinely good human being. So he and his character set, fits in perfectly with what we're doing with GoBundance. Matter of fact, I'm bringing a number of his people to the event that we're doing in Park Cities in a few weeks. Oh, hell yeah. And I am honored and I am blessed and I am lucky to know this man and call him my friend. Okay. Uh, now I'm interested because I'll be right there with you in Park City. So now I'm interested. So we're, we're working on, uh, and because of the friendship, we're working on a number of cool things that we're going to be doing with Virgin Night the foundation arm. We're working on a number of things that we're going to be doing with Richard. We have a trip uh, coming up for GoBundance for Necker Island in March of this year. I'm hoping to put maybe a FanBundance trip together for families with one of the Virgin Limited properties uh, out of the country later this year, assuming we're past all the COVID silliness. And so that's a relationship that I think could not only benefit GoBundance, but reciprocally, I think it could benefit Virgin Unite. And I'm excited about making those connections and seeing how that. That is a hell of a story to where you got a something, a skill. Hey, it's funny how even some things with negative connotations earlier in childhood come back to serve us later in life, huh? Sure. Because, sure. yeah, because now all of a sudden you're like, do you want me to play? I'm just imagining the look on his face as you go up to him and you said, you want me to play you with respect, Richard? Yeah. I'm sure he thought I was an asshole when I said that. Oh. I'm sure he did, man. I'm sure he's, who's this punk? And what's great about it is literally, and especially with men, that one of the ways that we acknowledge each other and care for each other is through 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 comments and put downs. And Richard, over the course of what is now seven, eight years of us getting together usually one or two weeks a year and playing tennis literally about every single day. Richard has on a tennis court literally called me every bad name in the book you could ever imagine. And you can't do that with someone without having a connection of friendship of likability. Richard in humor has cursed me out 
like a drunken sailor on many occasions, and I find it endearing. I know that I frustrate the tomorrow out of him, which is why we're playing doubles now. And I am I'm grateful for that relationship. And again, as as I, as we close this out, the most important thing I believe that all of us have in life are the ability for us to connect, relate, and socialize with others. I think it it is the color and the tapestry of our lives. I think it is so imperative that we not only have that in our lives, but we teach that into the lives of our children for their happiness, for their success, for their significance. And I'll end on the comment that we talked about earlier, relationships and health, are the two most important things in all of our lives. And if we don't focus on that as a top priority at all times, we do. Beautifully said. And if anybody is interested after listening to this and they want more information on GoBundance, that's G-O-B-U-N-D-A-N-C-E, you can feel free to reach out to me. And then, Chris, do you have any specific resources you want them to go towards just the website? You know, the website is fantastic. And and Brian, I want to honor you and let everyone know that Brian has recently been coming on as a elite, elite member ambassador. And so if you want to learn more about GoBundance, please reach out to Brian. He absolutely exemplifies everything that we've talked about over the course of this uh, uh, call today. I think you're a great member. I think you're a great ambassador for this organization. I love your energy. I respect your professionalism. I think you will go far in life. And I'm grateful to have you as part of our tribe. Chris, I greatly appreciate that, my friend. And the amounts of deep gratitude that I have towards yourself and every single person in this tribe, I can't even articulate. So that's why it is my honor and it's my aligned duty to be able to have this position and be able to do this for y'all because it's irreversibly changed the fabric of my life. And so the way that I see it, it is now our mission to be able to touch and give others that same opportunity. So. I think that's a perfect place to end it. Chris, thank you so much for your time as always and looking forward to seeing you in Park City. Thanks, Brian. Take care, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the Action Academy podcast, helping you to choose what you want with who you want when you want. You've been given the gift of freedom. Don't turn your back on that. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And we hope you've gotten some practical and useful information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media. Remember, financial independence is freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Freedom fly.